If you're a student, you are dismissed to go and be with those that will be teaching you and loving on you. For the rest of us, welcome. I greet you in the name of my Savior. Christopher, thank you. Uh, all of y'all. That was great. Mm. Um, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to be standing up here with the Bible in my hand. Um, first time in uh, 42 years that I didn't uh, teach or preach or talk or whatever word you like uh, two, in two weeks in a row. First time in 42 years. And so I was... Um, I wasn't a happy camper about that, but anyway, uh, I'm happy to be here today. I'm very thankful I am, and I'm happy that you're here too. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs 27 that says this, The prudent man, or the wise man, or the discerning man, they're basically synonymous. The, the, the prudent man sees danger ahead, and he takes precautions. But the foolish man or the simpleton or the knucklehead, whatever word you like, but the, the foolish man sees the same danger ahead. He ignores it, rushes on down the road, and he suffers the consequences. That really spoke to me this week as I was preparing this message. Hey, Jim. Morning. Good morning. Um, let me read it to you. The prudent man or the prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. But the foolish person goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Um, I want that to sort of be the plate that I serve this lesson on. Um, rare is the week that somebody doesn't sit on uh, my couch uh, at my house and in some way or another not pour out their heart to me about regrets that they have regarding missed opportunities. Opportunities that they were given earlier in their life. But for various reasons, they didn't say yes. They didn't embrace them. They didn't walk through that door. And now, years later, opportunities once available but now gone. It, sometimes it's about jobs or careers. Oh, if I'd have only... Gone down that road. I always wanted to do that. Now it's too late. Uh, it could be uh, financial decisions that they could have made differently. Or financial plans that they could have implemented and followed. And if they'd have done that 30 years earlier, 40 years earlier, their lives would be very different financially than they are now. Health uh, situations where they neglected or ignored uh, or didn't focus on certain things related to their health. And now, years later, 
It's too late. They, can't, they can no longer um, do things uh, or, you know, related to their health that they once could have had they ch- had a different direction in their life. Relationships that they once had the privilege of either beginning or enjoying and now, for various reasons, they look back and go, ah, if I'd only initiated that, handled that differently, how different my life would be. Roles in life that they could have participated in or enjoyed and now it's too late. Experiences that they could have had. I had dinner Friday night with a dude, uh, uh, really a neat individual, and he was talking about how he, uh, anyway, he backpacked three or four different times through Europe uh, in his younger days. And, uh, and I was sitting there just listening to him, and I was so envious and green. I just thought, golly, Bill, now, you know, some of us just had to get a job and start working. But, that, but what an experience to look back on that you spent three and four weeks at a time backpacking through Europe. And I told Shirley when we got in the car, I said, someday... I want me and you to backpack. She goes, well, I'm not staying in a hostel. And I said, okay, we won't stay in a hostel, but I still would love for us to backpack there. I would love to do that someday. Experiences that um, were available, uh, and now they're not. Waiting, hesitating, postponing, ignoring, and declining too long often leads to missed opportunities. Like it or not, and as Americans, we don't like to think about this, but do anything, we can always pull up our bootstraps and charge forward and do anything. It's never too late. That's not true. Like it or not, many, if not most, of life's opportunities have an expiration date. And after that date, they're gone. And all the desire, all the passion, all the will, and all the determination in the universe won't change that. Won't undo that. And my little mantra today that I want you to think about with me and go home with is there will be a day when my I won't turns into I can't. Let me say it again. There'll be a day in your life and in my life when my I won't turns into I can't. On Wednesday nights we've been studying and we have one more night I think uh We've been studying for the last month or so. Uh, we've been going through the book of Deuteronomy. And I've so enjoyed uh, the study. And it's sort of the, if you've ever studied the book of Deuteronomy, you know that uh, Deuteronomy is the very last thing that Moses wrote. Literally, he finished it up days before he went up on a mountain and died. And the Bible says that God buried him. Uh, uh, God was literally Moses' undertaker. And buried him. 
Uh, and he, in, in Deuteronomy, he talks about those last, what it, it was written right before Moses died and Israel went into the promised land. And it's sort of Moses' uh, uh, reflections on the previous 40 years from the time that God rescued Israel out of Egypt and led them to, the, to Mount Sinai, Ten Commandments, you know, all that, and then went uh, 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 to the promised land. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Uh, and then uh, uh, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's what Deuteronomy is sort of a reflection on uh, of, of all that went on. He was reminding Israel of, of what happened. He reminded Israel that God chose them, rescued them, led them, protected them, provided for them, blessed them, and he prepared them for this incredible future uh, in, in, in the promised land. He, he, uh, Moses says over and over and over again, God created this incredible future for you. And all you had to do was trust Him and walk into it. And we talked Wednesday night about the fact that God, Moses, well, God through Moses <laughs> several times, you didn't have to build any cities, they were there. You didn't have to dig any wells. They were there. You didn't have to build fences. They were there. You didn't have to plant orchards. They were there. Everything was waiting on you. All you had to do was trust God and follow God into this incredible place of blessing. But tragically, Israel, faced with this opportunity, this 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 moment where God made His will for them and to them as plain as it could be. Like picking up the newspaper. It was that plain, that clear. Tragically, God revealed His plans, His desire, His will for His people. And they looked Him in the face and said, No, we won't do that. We will not follow you into the promised land. The place that God had prepared for them. Now later on, they had a you know a, a catharsis moment, and uh, you know they you know had an epiphany, and they said, "Oh, uh, my bad, my bad. Can we have a mulligan, uh, do over? Uh, 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 we want to go in, but God said it's too late. The result of them saying no, thank you." Of them saying, I won't. Was that God said, now you can't. They missed their opportunity. To go into the promised land and experience God's plans and blessings. Hebrews chapter 3 says, God's people, notice the verb, wouldn't enter his place of rest. Because of their disobedience, comma, then it says, they, did I say wouldn't? Yeah, wouldn't. They, God's people wouldn't enter his place of rest because of their disobedience, comma. They couldn't enter because of their unbelief. Notice how the progression. There was a moment when they wouldn't enter. But then after that, they couldn't enter. Psalm 95 says it this way. Your forefathers tried my patience for 40 years, 
though they saw all I did for them. And they refused to obey me. So I swore that they will never enter my place of rest. Notice again. They refused. No, we won't. And then there came a time when God said, Now you won't ever enter my place of rest. Now I want to stop and you know, be sure you see the whole picture. They missed their opportunity. Because they said, I won't, God said, now you can't. But God wasn't mad at them. In the, in the, he, was, he was frustrated. It, was a, it uses the word anger, but it's more a regretful, frustrated, and sad, and regretful that you're doing this to yourself. God still loved them. God didn't give up on them. God didn't abandon them. God didn't reject them. How do you know, Larry? Well, because God stayed with them for 40 years. Hey, God, what do you want to do today? I want to go into the promised land. But God, where are you going to be today? Wandering in the wilderness. Because that's where my people are. I'm going to stick with them, win, lose, or draw. Where do you want to be, God? I want to be in the promised land with honey and milk and you know, and blessings and wine flowing and water flowing and orchards blooming. I want to be in the promised land. But where are you going to be, God? I'm going to be in the wilderness. I'm going to be in the desert because that's where my people are. So it's important when I say that they miss their opportunity to experience God's blessings. I'm not suggesting that God wrote them off. I'm not suggesting that God abandoned them. I'm not suggesting that God said, good Riddance, I'll just pick somebody. No, no, no. God was, he, in fact, he, he stood right by them. Stayed right with them every day for 40 years. But I, you, you can't read that story in Numbers 11 and miss the point. And that is that there comes a day when my I won't turns into I can't. In the Bible, you might say, well, that's, that's one example there, Bucky boy. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's just one example. No, the Bible is replete with examples of this principle. That there comes a day when my I won't turns into I can't. Let me give you some examples. You know them as well. Blatant. Biggest example there is, is the flood. The Bible says that for a hundred years, every day, Moses went out and declared to the people of the earth, there's going to come a flood. Please, get on this boat with me. I beg you. I beg you. And the people of the world said, I won't. And then there was a day when God said, Noah, Mrs. Noah, Boys, Mrs. Boys, um, y'all need to get on the boat. And the Bible says that God shut the door. Not Noah. God shut the door. Now don't you know, and I'm not trying to be gory or gruesome, but I am telling you what I believe with all my heart. Don't you know that when Noah and his family got off that ark, there were fingernail marks from the bottom of that boat to the top of that boat. Please let us in. But there I won't turned into I can't. 
Pharaoh. I find it very interesting that if you read the story of Moses and Pharaoh, you know, the ten plagues, when you read that story in Exodus, basically one or two, through ten or twelve, those chapters, if you'll read it carefully, you'll notice something. About the first half of Moses' dealings with Pharaoh, the Bible says Moses told Pharaoh what God wanted him to do. And the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and said, I won't. But there comes a moment after, I forgot how many times, of Pharaoh saying, I won't. Pharaoh hardened his heart. There comes a moment where it changes. And then Pharaoh says, the Bible says, Pharaoh said, I won't. And it says, God hardened his heart. Pharaoh's no longer hardening his heart. Now God's doing it. Does that bother you? Does that upset you? Does that confuse you? Me too. Get in line. I'm just telling you what it says. For a long, for months and months, Pharaoh said, I won't. But there came a day when the Bible says that Pharaoh, I, he can't. He can't. I think of Samson. Samson's entire life, God begged him. I've blessed you. I've got these incredible plans for you. I love you. Samson, I will not. I won't. I'm gonna, by God, I'm going to do it my way or die. And there came a point when the Bible says that Samson, the strongest man that ever lived and the chosen instrument of God to deliver God's people from slavery. Think of that. He's being used like a barley or wheat. Turn a grist mill and grind up barley or wheat or something, some kind of grain. And he was blind. There came a day when Samson's I won't turned into I can't. King Saul, the exact same thing. The, the rich man, remember the rich man and Lazarus? Remember that uh, the, both of them died on the same day? That rich man... All of his life had walked by Lazarus. Never, never showed him any mercy. Never showed him any kindness. Never gave him one ounce of grace. There came a day when that man died. And the Bible says that he went to Hades. And he looked up and said, Father Abraham, show me some grace. Show me some compassion. Show me some mercy. And Abraham said, I can't. You won't, one day turns into you can't. And I could go, the, fight, the parable of the ten bridesmaids, the ten virgins. Remember that story? Jesus tells uh, ten bridesmaids go to the wedding and they're waiting on the groom and the wedding party. And the groom had told them in advance, bring enough oil, bring extra oil, bring extra oil, bring everything you need. Five said, yes sir. Five said, I won't. I won't bring extra oil. I'm going to do it my way. I know, I know better. Thing lasted longer than it was supposed to. Uh, day turned into evening. Evening turned into night. And there came a moment when the bridegroom and the, the wedding party came. And uh, 
The lady said, oh my goodness, we didn't bring everything we need. We're not ready for the return of the, of the groom. Uh, we got to go get, get ready. They're, I won't. Turned into I can't. They knocked on the door. Now we're ready. Now we're sorry. Now we're, can't, please let. And they couldn't. There I won't. Turned into I can't. Clearly. You'd have to have a brain smaller than an English pea to not see the application here for those of us that have never accepted God's offer of eternal life. You've just told God, no thank you. No thank you. Not now. No thank you. Not now. Don't, obviously, don't miss that. And if that is where you are, then... Hopefully you do have a brain bigger than an English pea and you'll go, today I'm going to take care of that and get that settled. But that's not really who I'm talking to today. That's not how God spoke to me about this principle this week. God was speaking. I, I, do, I did accept Jesus' offer eternal life. I did receive Him as my Savior. He came into my life 42 year, uh, uh, 43 years ago. And uh, He's been there ever since. And I... I did. But God's speaking to me this week about areas in my life where I have said I won't. I know that God has spoken to me. I know what God wants me to do. And I have just said, not now. I've postponed. I've delayed. I've ignored. I've declined. And God has been saying to me, and I believe God is saying to all of us, as they would say in Belgium, pass up, pass up, pay attention. Don't miss this. This is important. Pass up. And that means don't miss this. There's a day when my I won't turns into I can't. Listen to these verses. These verses, I'm not saying every one of them, but almost every one of them, they're talking to Christians. They're not talking to people about eternal life. They're talking to us about our relationship with the Lord. So listen, in Hebrews 2, Paul says, We must listen with care to the truth that we have heard, lest we drift away. Hebrews 3, pay attention, pass up. Be sure your heart isn't evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Warn one another every day. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing today. I'm warning you, my brothers and sisters. I'm warning myself. Warn one another daily while you still have time so that you are not deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God like we did when we first believed, we will share in the inheritance of Christ. Don't forget the Bible says today when you hear God's voice don't harden your hearts as Israel did in the wilderness. I love that I say I lost said I don't love it it's significant to me that in that passage Paul says respond to God now as a 42 year old Christian like you did when you were first born again. Do you still respond to God when He speaks to you? When you know what God wants you to do? Do you, I'm, I'll do it and I'll do it right now. As my daughter would tell her, tell my grandson, 
I want you to obey first time, and I want you to obey with the right heart attitude. Well, that's good for him to learn. You know who else is good uh, to learn that? His granddaddy. Hebrews 12. Later, Esau wanted the blessing of his father, but he was rejected, for it was too late for repentance, even though he begged his father with tears. I won't. Turned into, I can't. Again, further in that same chapter. Be careful. Don't refuse to listen to the Lord who is speaking to you. For if Israel didn't escape after refusing to listen to Moses, how can we escape if we refuse to listen to God? Proverbs 1. They hated knowledge and they would not fear the Lord. Notice, they hated God's knowledge and they wouldn't fear the Lord or heed His advice. And they paid no attention to His correction. So now they must experience the bitterness of living life their own way. I won't turns into I can't. Proverbs 5. Why wouldn't this is talking about a man who was warned time and time and time about changing the direction of his life. And he says, his own testimony is, why wouldn't I pay attention to God's instruction? Now I must experience ruin and public disgrace. Proverbs 24. I could go, I, I could do this all day long. Proverbs 24. I walked by the field of a lazy person. With no sense. The field was filled with weeds. And crumbling walls. As I pondered this situation. I learned an important lesson. A little more sleep. A little more slumber. A little more folding of the hands. And poverty will pounce on you. Like a bandit. And like an armed robber. Notice he doesn't say poverty will creep. Into your life. It says that literally there'll be a day when a robber, like a robber with a pistol, an armed robber, give me your uh, wallet, give me all your wealth. Well, let's talk about, no, no, no. There's no, I got a gun. There's no talking. There's no bargaining. There's no discussion. There's no, you can't decline or refuse. It's, it's too late. Now the, now the poverty is like an armed man with a gun. You do what I think. The man with the gun's in control. The poverty that this man, I'll just sleep a little longer. I'll just rest a little longer. He wasn't up to any, doesn't say the man was doing bad, was evil, was up to no good. It just, I'm going to wait. I'm going to decline. I'm going to postpone. I'm going to delay. And there comes a time when his I won't turns into I can't. Jeremiah 13, give it. Before it's too late. Honor and heed his words. Honor him and heed his words. Before the darkness comes. And you stumble. And fall on the darkening mountains. For then you will look for light. But you will find only terrible darkness and gloom. Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while you can find him. 
call on him while he is near. 2 Thessalonians 2. The Antichrist will come one day. And he will use various evil deceptions to fool people on their way to destruction. Well now, if he fools them, if he tricks them, if he deceives them, that's not their fault. And you're right. Let's finish the verse. Why does this happen? Why does the Antichrist fool them and trick them and deceive them? Because they refused to love and accept God's truth that would save them. I won't read the Bible. I won't learn God's Word. I won't hide it in my heart. I won't go to the activities that, that where I can learn to understand it better. I won't daily feed on it. Okay. There's a day when you will create in your life a deception that will lead to your destruction. Matthew 23. I'm not going to tell you the whole passage. But you'll know it. Oh Jerusalem. Jerusalem. How I wanted to gather you to myself. But you would not listen. You would not listen. And now it's too late. And in 40 years later. The Roman armies. The Roman legions marched into Jerusalem. And leveled it to the ground. Did not leave a stone on top of another stone. They literally swept the dust into the ravines. Oh, Jerusalem, how I wanted to bless you and protect you. I came to you as a, as a shepherd, as a, as a, one that, a, a, a loving Messiah. But you, you're, I won't turn it into I can't. Uh, last one. Others, but I'll just give you one more. John chapter 9. The Lord Jesus says, Let us quickly do what God has told us. For night is coming, and then no one can work. Let us quickly, these are the words of Jesus. Let us quickly do the work that God has told us to do. For night is coming. A day is coming when my I won't will turn into I can't. I realize that this is a, um, dare I say, a severe word. But it's a word of grace. It's a severe word of grace. Because I believe God, He wants us to walk into our promised land. That's, you know, the promised land wasn't heaven. You're right, you're, you, you, I know some of our songs, uh, not Chris's song, but I mean some of the Christian songs out there, they make it heaven. Promised land was never heaven. It's, it's the place God wants us to be in. It's the marriage God wants us to have. It's the families God wants us to have. It's the financial circumstances that God wants us to have. It's the health that God wants us to have. It's the relationships God wants us to have. It's the, it's the personal health and personal life that God wants us that's And God wants us to experience that place. Whatever it means, whatever it looks like, and how different that would be for, uh, for Robin and for Kiki and for John and for Chuck. It's going to be a different 
it's going to look differently for each one of us, but God longs for us to each experience that place. And He reveals things to us very specifically that He wants us to go, God, I hear you. I understand you. And I will follow you and trust you and obey you even though I might not understand and I might not like it, but I will follow you. And in the process of embracing what God is showing us as individuals, we enter into that place of rest that God has created for us. And I'll end with this. Where God was speaking to me the most. Again, I can apply this to my finances. I can apply it to my health. I can apply it to my own uh, 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 personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. I can apply it at work. There's, there's a, a, a zillion ways that I can apply this principle of my I won't will one day turn into I can't. But where I want to appeal to us and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say marriage just because that's where I live. Okay, that's where I am. But it could be with your children. It could be with your parents. It could be with some of your dearest friends. Whoever your significant relationships are. Whatever, whoever that face is, okay? Whatever that means for you. So I'm going to use marriage because that's my, 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 my best relationship. Uh, but you apply it as you will, okay? There is a day. I believe it with all my heart. Where my I want concerning my relationships will turn into I can't. I, I won't work on my marriage. Okay. I'm suggesting to you, more than that I'm declaring to you, that people that say I won't work on my marriage, there will be a day when you can't work on your marriage. I won't spend time with my mate. I won't get help with a problem that is enslaving me and driving a wedge between me and my mate. I won't pray and read my Bible and become spiritually wise and spiritually selfless and spiritually uh, uh, loving and spiritually joyful so that I can be a blessing to my mate. By God, I won't do it. I won't listen. I won't change. I won't speak the truth. I won't serve. I won't forgive. I won't ask forgiveness. I won't talk differently to my mate. I won't compromise. I won't initiate. I won't put my mate first. And there's a day when my I won't do those things turns into I can't. I can't. There's a day, I see it every week. When anger turns into complacency. Where conflict turns into numbness. You think anger and fighting and conflict are bad? And it's not good. But what I'll take a couple that's mad any day over a couple that's cold. <laughs>
I can, I can redirect with God's help. We can redirect that roaring rapid, uh, uh, rapids deal. Uh, we can redirect that from a bad direction to a good direction. But uh, coldness and apathy, that's very hard. People just become numb. They ask and they ask and they complain and they yell and they threaten. But I won't. I won't. I won't. And there's a day when they go, okay. And they turn it off like a light switch. And then all your begging and all your promises and all your changing, that's gone. The old saying, grass is always greener on the other side. That is the dumbest statement I've ever heard in my life. The grass isn't greener on the other side, you morons. Anybody that would believe such a stupid statement? Grass isn't under it. You know where the grass is greener in Memphis, Tennessee? Where you water it. Show me a yard in Memphis, Tennessee in August that's green. Oh, it's on the other side. No, no, it's not on the other side. That's not right. Where did you come up with that stupid kind of thinking? Grass is green in Memphis, Tennessee in August where you water it. But you know the tragedy? Also in Memphis, Tennessee in August. Grass that is not watered for so long, the grass goes away. The grass isn't there anymore. People say, I won't, I won't, I won't. I won't go to marriage counseling. I won't go to premarital counseling. I won't ask your forgiveness. I won't forgive you. I won't show love to your parents. I won't put you before our children. I won't put you before my job. Okay. I'm telling you, there'll be a day when your I won't becomes I can't. Because the person that you won't relate well to, they're gone. Whether that's physically or emotionally, they're gone. Or you can't. And I can't because we become so hard and so blind that we can't see the truth anymore. We, as the Bible puts it, we start thinking that the light is darkness and the darkness is light. We start thinking that truth is lies and that lies are truth. I'm not trying to be mean. I, I'm actually just declaring my terror of this being true of me. I don't want there to be a day when my I won't relationally turns into I can't. Because I can't see it anymore. Every one of you know people who they are so hard, so embittered, so dark. 
They literally, they, they can't. They can't do it now. Or the person they wish they could do it with is no longer there. I got to end on a good note though because that's Jesus. If Jesus does anything, he always ends well. Romans chapter 5 says that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And James chapter 2 says that mercy always triumphs over judgment. Listen to the words of Jeremiah the prophet in Lamentations 3. He so he summarizes everything I've just said. I cried, my splendor is gone, and all I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is so bitter, it's beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Is he writing about us? I mean, does he get my mail? Does he live in my house? Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this truth. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. And his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I put my hope in him. Okay. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. Uh, can you and Becky... Ronnie, when you and Becky come up here and help me, please. Isaiah chapter 1 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. We're about to eat bread and drink wine. And... Why would you do that, Larry? Because 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus said, when you gather together as my family, I want you to eat bread and drink wine, and I want you to remember what I did, what Jesus did, so that your sins could be turned from red to white, from guilt to non-guilt to innocence, rejection to acceptance, uh, aloneness, being an orphan to being an adopted child of God. I I want you to eat and I want you to drink and I want you to remember what I did for you and I want you just to, on a regular basis, declare that applies to me. My sins were as red as crimson and now they're as white as whatever it is. Red, light, crimson, whatever that, you know the rest of the verse. Uh, I'm forgiven. I want to uh, give you an opportunity. I want to take an opportunity to eat and drink and remember and give thanks and declare that I have been forgiven by the Lord God Almighty and I'm now part of His family. So if, if you would like to do that, um, I invite you to come and, um, and participate in this.
There will be people on my right and my left that would love to pray with you. If you need prayer, please don't leave here and not be prayed for. My goodness, what a, uh, what a waste to get in your car and drive home. And go, well, I still got the same crud in my life and I don't even know if the Lord uh, heard me or helps me. or Let somebody pray for you. Pray with you. Uh, that's a part of God's plan to help us enter into the promised land.